Hi, I'm Teresa Duncan. And I'm Kevin Henry. Welcome to Chew On This. We are excited to bring you our views of current topics in the dental industry and put a little different spin on them, giving you something to chew on. If you need to jump off, be sure to check the show notes for links as well as how to get in touch with us. And now let's give you something to chew on. All right, we're back for another episode of Chew on This, and my friend K Dog is with me. What's up? T Dog. You know, it's like we're related or something. It's so good to see. <laughs> good to hear your voice, and let's go around the world. Oh, I'm so excited because we have not been able to travel, but here we are. We're gonna take our listeners on a on an international tour. With dentistry involved. So I wish we could make it in real life because then you could deduct it. That'd be fantastic. Deduction on the travel expenses. But alas, the only deduction that you can take is the mileage between your office and your fridge. That's it. I like it. And if it involves the refrigerator, I usually like that as well. So that's a good thing. As do my dogs. They always know when I'm headed there. So... (laughs) All right, so we are going over to Europe only because that's just where the art, the articles are coming from. Kevin, we need to do uh, an international tour with Asia, Africa, South America, Australia. We need to do this at least once in a blue moon. When I like we talk that. about what's going on in the world. So we're going to f- fly over the pond to the European side, and we're going up to a country that actually I'm very familiar with because Norman used to work for a very big company there. But they say things funny, don't they? You know, a, a, a wee bit, shall we say. <laughs> uh, just a wee bit. Uh, wait, that's my country. We're talking well, about your I'll, country. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. I was going, which country are we talking about? Because they both have their sounds of dialects. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> I, we apologize in advance. See, we just lost our European audience. Man, stinks. <laughs> no, let's go up north-north. Ah, north-north. Okay. To, to your country. I love my friends in Sweden, Ikea. I'm talking to you right now. So let's talk about Sweden and let's talk about a report that just came out from the University of Gothenburg. And and one thing that I thought was really interesting about this is the fact that it discussed dental anxiety during a pandemic. I thought, hmm, did it go down because dental practices were closed? Did it go up because people knew they were closed? What did this look like? So the University of Gothenburg talk to the fine folks in Sweden. In fact, 3,500 of the finest Swedes that they could find. And they asked them about their uh, anxiety, fear, or phobia of dentistry. And what they said was that 80.9%, so nearly 81% of the respondents said that they had absolutely no dental anxiety. None. 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 They were not worried at all about anything dental-related. Now, 81% out of 3,500 that's a pretty good list. Let's be perfectly honest. But Teresa Duncan, did you find that interesting? I thought, well, is it because they're not going? And so why are they anxious? It's not even a thought. Like, is that it? Or is there something that the Swedish dentists offer that we're missing out on? Is there a possibility that maybe I could enlighten you on that? Because you have just led me down the rabbit hole. And I enjoy that immensely. Listen, the only thing I can think of is if they're serving meatballs Swedish meatballs at the dental offices to allay patient fears. But please educate me because I have no idea what's going on. I could tell you if if they would let me eat meatballs and then brush before, I mean, that would just be a fantastic appointment. So one thing that I found very interesting in the study was that they did a similar study at the end of the 1960s. 
about 50 years, for lack of a better term. And the number of people who did not have dental anxiety doubled from what it was the first time they did the study in the 60s to now. And so they said that it was roughly 40% of people said that there was no dental anxiety. Now there's 80%. So they dove into that a little bit and they're saying, why? And one of the biggest things is what Sweden has done to incorporate preventive dentistry at a very young age into the Swedish culture. And they have made it seem how important it is for dentistry to be a part of overall health. I'm just curious, does this sound familiar at all, Teresa? Um, I I wish I I would say that it does. (laughs) (laughs) But the study talks about how that, that is such a critical factor in these people have grown up understanding how important dentistry is. And they've grown up understanding that the dentist is a medical provider and not somebody from Little Shop of Horrors or Medicine Man or anything else. You know, sorry, that's the wrong name of the movie. So let's just go with Little Shop of Horrors. Remember, there's the dentist. And, the and then the dentist too. And then there's there's Ricky Gervais in Ghost Town, which an underrated movie. I'm just telling you. Actually, I've never seen that movie. I'm going to check it out. That's a good one. Jennifer Aniston was a, a very horny dentist in that what I forget what that movie was, but she was a all over the place trying to get on patients. It made me want to be a dental assistant in in ways I cannot imagine. But anyway, ah, that's terrible. And that was horrible <laughs> and funny. All right, so so you're saying that that Swedish children from a yes. young age are served a bunch of Legos because that's what they have there. They're served their meatballs and they're served a toothbrush, and they understand the importance of all of this. That's correct, and they understand wow. that communication about dentistry at a younger age has helped bring that into their society. So as they grow, then they, of course, when they have kids emphasize the importance of dentistry to the child, as does the dentist. And so it's become one of those things that it has grown through the years. And so if you look at the study that was done 50 some years ago, of course, a couple of generations have come through since then. So you're Mm. seeing that these generations have learned from each other the value of it, as well as from the industry and the country itself and the, the differences that it's made. So maybe the new, well, the younger Swedes, when you see pictures of them, that explains why everybody's so happy and smiley and all that. But I'll tell you, you know, my husband used to work at a big, very big company there. And when we saw pictures or, you know, I was, I saw pictures of his coworkers and he would work over there and he went over there quite a bunch. I don't think dental care was something he was like wowed by. In fact, I think there were a couple of comments that even I made on some pictures and stuff. So I'm guessing the younger Swedes will be pearly white and and have good teeth. That's nice. I, I think you're probably right. And, and that's a really good point because, you know, the, the joke about Austin Powers and, you know, for lack of a better term, there have been some countries that you look at their teeth and you just go, hmm. But I think that, again, that is changing as well as the, the attitude toward dentistry. So I'm real curious to see, you know, if they do this study again. And, of course, we'll link to it. But I'm real curious to see when they do the study again how much better that number gets. Wow. Imagine not even having to factor fear into your treatment plan presentation. I'm wondering if their case presentation acceptance rate is high because if they're not fearful, maybe when the treatment is presented, they understand the need for it a lot better. We talk a lot about educating our patients here. Maybe 
that's like the Valhalla is going on over there. I like that. Ooh. I like where you're going with that. <laughs> so, and, and there's one line from the study that, that really jumped out at me. And it talks about how that they've incorporated this need for dentistry into their residents at a young age. And it says it has created good habits, improved dental health, and thus reduced the need for extensive dental procedures early in life. And you think back to all the people that, that we know, we hear about that they had a traumatic experience as a child at the dentist. And what if that traumatic incident had never happened? Would they still feel the way they do about dentistry? Would they still be fearful about it? And so Sweden has kind of figured out a way to maybe eliminate that. I, I don't know. I, I found it very interesting. It is very interesting. <laughs> I I never believed this until I worked in an office, other offices, but there are dentists out there that used to pretty much like smack a kid or, mm-hmm. you know, tie, tie the kid down. You know, they're kicking and screaming. I mean, not anything nowadays, but, you know, buddy, my old boss, but his dad, you know, not saying he did this, but that generation, it was not uncommon to have an adult patient come in and say, I have this fear because when I was younger, my dentist mm-hmm. slapped me during an extraction and told me to stop moving. And yeah. you would hear all sorts of horror stories like that. And so, of course, people are scared to death. I mean, they've got this idea of us as butchers. Right. You hear that term a lot. So, wow. So, dentist is kind of a nice, revered term over there, revered profession over there. I like it. I do, too. So, so we'll obviously have the link in there and you can read up about this. But I, I thought, wow, what an interesting concept that you talk about how important it is and you wait and keep doing that over the years and the difference that it makes in the generations. Pretty fascinating. So I will have to also look up the incidence of oral cancer over there because did mm. you know one of the biggest habits, the Swedes, the Swedes that I know do not see this as an issue. They do the nicotine packs, the snooze, they call them snooze. Oh, interesting. Where they have the the packet of tobacco and they just put it between their lower front teeth and the lip. I mean, it just slides in there. So they call it snooze. And those are very popular. You know what? Now that I think about it. I don't know if I've met a, a Sweden person, Swedish person that really wasn't carrying that now that I think about it. Not that I've met a ton of them, the ones I have met. I'm going to have to ask Norman about that too. Where's yeah. that more popular out in Sweden? But I know that that's a very big pastime. Here, chewless tobacco or smokeless tobacco is not even used as often. I mean, didn't didn't the major league ban use of that? Because that's where you would see it is in the it baseball players. Yeah, it's gone down tremendously, uh, you know, according to statistics, it really has. And and I think that there's been that education there about the damage it can do, but we've all got our vices. And and maybe that's Sweden's vice right there. You know, they're, they're, good, they're good people up there in Scandinavia. There's no doubt about it. Listen, but, uh, they brought us the Swedish chef, the Swedish chef. So I'm, <sighs> I'm down with whatever Swede wants to do. You know, to hear to her to bird. Do you ever do that? Oh my gosh. I used to, uh, so I had a girlfriend in high school that, that her favorite thing was my invitation to the Swedish chef. Go ahead. Let's hear it. Somewhere <laughs> she's smiling. I'm sure. He's um, bird. You know, <laughs> You know, I mean, it's fantastic, let's be honest. But, you know, I don't think we ever saw the Swedish chef's teeth either, now that I think about it. Oh, big, big mustache. Big mustache, you know. Big mustache, yeah. So we're going to have to link some Swedish chef videos because (laughs) I hate to think about it, but there could be a whole generation out there that has not seen the Swedish chef. Mork, 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 you're right. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right. We'll link that so that you don't think that we're absolutely crazy. Oh, my Lord. It's so sad that there's a whole generation of TV that has been lost. Like, honestly, do you remember? Oh, gosh. Johnny Quest was one of my favorites. Did you ever Absolutely. watch Johnny Quest? Absolutely. Johnny me? Quest was the bomb. And you just don't hear very much about oh, it. Anymore. You don't. I don't even know. Is it on? I don't even know if it's on Cartoon Network. I don't even know it's on Cartoon Network nowadays. So I don't. You know, it's amazing. The the Battlestar Galacticas, the Wonder Womans, the Land of the Lost, you know, all these things that we grew up with that have been redone. Yes. That's all that the this generation knows. I'm like, you know, there was a really bad 70s show that we grew up with, you know, Marshall, Will, and Holly on their routine expedition. You know, I mean, come on. I'm telling so, you. Anyway, I'm telling you. All right. Let's leave Sweden now and let's hop over to the wonderful Canary Islands down as they're part of Spain. Canary Islands just sounds so nice to an island called Tenerife. Have you ever heard of Tenerife? I have not, but I would love to hear more. So I know that it's part of the Canary Islands. You know, I learned that. And when I looked at pictures of Tenerife, it is absolutely gorgeous. It's just got lots of beaches and all that kind of stuff. About 5 million tourists visit Tenerife each year. So why am I talking about Tenerife? Well, it seems like the Irish are up to no good when it comes to dentistry, Kevin. No. No. Yes. The Irish. Now, hold on a second, because. Tell me more. A lot of people will confuse the Irish and the Scottish when it comes to uh, accents, Kevin. Can you do a good Irish accent? No, I cannot. We've we've already established that, I think. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I I, I I transform into Mr. Scott from uh, Star Trek when I try. So, forget it. Yes, and you can't do that because Scottish and Irish people don't really want to be compared to each other. Oh, sure. have you ever called a Welsh person an English person? Have you ever done that? I don't know that I have. Have you? I- I did, and I got my butt handed to me by a lady down in Disney when I said, oh, you know, your accent sounded familiar. And, and you know, I mentioned it's a British accent. She said, Welsh is different than British. Wales is not Britain. And I just thought, wow, okay, we've got some issues here. And I, you know, just said, I'm so sorry, and realized that I needed to move away from this lady. You should have said, you know, it's a small world after all, don't you? (laughs) Yeah. You should have thrown that at her, but hey. (laughs) Yes, and I don't remember where we were in Disney, but I should have pointed her in that direction. All right, so there is a problem in Tenerife. The Tenerife dentists are having a problem with Irish people because Irish people are calling down and making appointments in Tenerife. And I'm sure that means other people, other places too. They're making appointments and then claiming they they need to go to their dentist in Tenerife. And that's their way of getting out of the country via the travel exclusion. Ah. So this office has found that they have a ton of people that are phoning and emailing, requesting a letter or email of appointment. They make the appointment, they send the email, and then they don't turn up for their appointments. So they have turned over at least 50 people to the government who then find the travelers about $500 each, less than a thousand US dollars. And now it's going to be $2,000. $2,000. They turned out to, I'm sorry, let me be clear, turn it over to the Irish, the Irish government. So they will now be going up to 2,000 euro, which about, is about 240 US dollars for leaving the country without a reasonable excuse. Have you ever thought to go to some island in Spain for your dental work? No, but now you've put a thought in my head. So if, if you say that you're going out of the country for a medical procedure, and that's okay. 
It seems so. They were able to go. I mean, I'm wondering if you could do this in the United States. It's a very interesting question now. So I'm guessing all these people had travel waivers to go to the Canary Islands and they're on a beach somewhere. Meanwhile, their appointment rolls around and there's a dentist dentist and hygienist just sitting there wondering where the heck they are. That's sad. It is sad. So the receptionist said, Roberta Bacaris is her name, said they were puzzled why so many Irish people wish to attend their clinic. They don't specialize in dental tourism. Some dentists do advertise that, but they're not one of them. She said the last two weeks have been crazy. They were calling constantly and sending emails. Then they don't turn up. She's getting about 10 or 15 emails every day. And today she's even received more. They're not responding anymore because obviously they know they know what's going on. Where they had an idea something was wrong is this woman called and said she was in severe pain from a tooth. They got an appointment and wanted a letter of intent. But for two weeks later, you know, if you're in incredible pain. You know, I can wait. Yeah. Hello. The the pressure from flying is going to exacerbate any tooth pain if you've got an infection, right? But why would you go to Spain? Is that like a a city of extractions in someone's mind or a a country of extractions? Yeah, Indiana Jones and the city of extractions. I mean, I'll never forget that episode. It was fantastic. (laughs) So instead of a big stone ball rolling at you, it's a big (laughs) cotton pellet coming down. It's crazy. So she she says that they're they're still calling and they're still coming. And then the, they noticed, the Immigration Bureau noticed, that between 30 and 40% indicated the reason for traveling was because they had dental appointments. So I don't know if these Irish people got on a Facebook group and decided that this was going to go, but I mean, hello, could you be a little bit less obvious about this? Yeah, I'm very curious about this now because, like you said, if you're saying you're in pain, why wouldn't you go local? And Mm -hmm. surely the authorities are picking up on this. There's got to be some direct flight, I'm guessing, or some, you know, easy way to get there. And all of a sudden you see a lot of Irish folks who are (laughs) booked on there. You're like, oh, wait a minute, what's going on? But, you know, it's interesting because I'm sure the Canary Islands could do with the tourism. Don't you think all these places are like dying from not having tourists come in? Absolutely. I remember when Hawaii was had their extensive quarantine and, and they talked about all the tourism that they were losing over there. Absolutely. They have the best flip-flops down there, I'll tell oh. you. I wish I had bought more flip-flops when I was down there. Locomoco and flip-flops. Yeah, so I, I'm saying that, Kevin, if you need to have any travel done, I guess you need to make a dental appointment and hope that nobody else has made a dental appointment. Perhaps you could just show up and just say, it doesn't hurt anymore, pay them for their time at least, because they, they wrote you a letter. Don't you think that you should at least show up? I wonder if you and I could do a live podcast from there. Oh, yeah, I'm just thinking, you know. That's Maybe the reason. A reporting happening here. Let's pack up the families and, and go to Tenerife actually looks pretty lovely, but I don't know if that's where we'd go. We'd go to Italy, wouldn't we? We would. We gotta figure out a way to kick in that door, but absolutely. No offense to Tenerife, but all those listeners in Tenerife just turned us off. They're like, Oh, well, we're not good enough for you. I apologize. So so they published this in the Irish Times, I guess, as a warning to cut that stuff out. But let's think about it in a different way. There's a lot of medical tourism going on out there. And actually, this is a great way of continuing the medical tourism. So perhaps I need to look into this. Medical tourism may not have taken as big of a hit as maybe local medical services. 
So I think about all the folks who go across the the United States-Mexico border, uh, like for dentistry and and Mm -hmm. other things like that. I'll be honest, I hadn't thought, are those still open? Can you still do that? Or is that all shut down, I'm guessing? Because I'm going to guess that whatever Ireland and the Canary Islands have is a little different than what the U.S. has to and fro right now. Could you make a case that the butt implant is necessary? Well, I, I think you always can make that case. I mean, let's be perfectly honest here. <laughs> I mean, I'm just throwing that out there. You know, there's a there's a newsletter that I get from AAA, and they're talking about the countries that are open now, you know, for, for tourism. And Croatia is one of those. Really? And Croatia just looks, you know, fantastic. But I'm, I'm just wondering, okay, if you're open to fly there just for tourism, are you open to get there for, like you said, medical, dental? reasons surgery curious well the problem is too that when you come back you have to quarantine here right i think you have to quarantine here but again you're you're gonna be at home anyway so who cares yeah absolutely all right there's something to think about something to chew on if you're wanting to get out see if maybe you can uh, get a consultation for something and uh, show up for your appointment though if you're going to do this for crying out loud don't don't be that that person that doesn't show for your appointments. That's just rude. I just want to see. I'm very excited. I want to see what Tenerife looks like. So as soon as we get done here, I'm going to Google that bad boy just to see the beaches. Live a little vicariously, shall we say. Mm, I am actually going to look up other countries too because, oh, Croatia though, I will say, everybody that I know that's gone to Croatia cannot shut up about it. It is apparently that gorgeous. I've heard it's amazing. And you know the beauty of it? It's literally just right across the little hop, skip, and jump over to Italy. I'm just saying, a little boat trip. I miss Italy. We haven't gone back in so long, but oh well. We're stuck here now with this little virus thing that everybody keeps talking about. This little virus thing, you know. (laughs) All right. So any any closing thoughts, Kevin? Because now we're coming back. We went international. Now we're coming back. We're landing. Any post-trip thoughts? It was a glorious trip. It was a glorious trip. We've talked meatballs. We've talked very lonely dentists on the beach. It's It's been fantastic. I'm just going to tell you. And we tried very hard not to offend any of them. We <laughs> but, we, but we did anyway. But <laughs> we hey. probably did. Oh, well. It's part of it. That's just what we do. All right, Kevin. Until the next episode, you and I always want to thank our listeners for spending their time with us. And that's a wrap for this episode of Chew on This. We hope you laughed and learned a little. Check out the show notes for any links we mentioned. And don't forget to give us a rating on your podcast app. Feel free to drop us a comment on social media or by email if you have any suggestions for future topics. We'll be back in about two weeks. See you then.